This is On Target, a look at politics, crime, education, what's happening in Newfoundland and Labrador with the people who know. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your On Target host, Linda Swain. Good afternoon, everyone. I trust you're having a great day. Well, unless you've been living under a rock for the last few decades, the negative health effects of smoking are well known. The problem is, if you happen to be a smoker, quitting for those who have picked up smoking is easier said than done. It's not just a habit, of course, but a real addiction. For years now, the Alliance for the Control of Tobacco has been working to spread the word to try to prevent people from picking up smoking to begin with. But tobacco companies are coming up with new and innovative ways to keep business going. Well, this is World No Tobacco Day. My guest today on On Target happens to be the program director with the association, uh, or sorry, for the Alliance for the Control of Tobacco, Melissa Moore. Hello. Hi, how are you? Great. So what exactly is your role with ACT? What do you do? Uh, Well, ACT itself is an alliance of... um, government and non-government organizations all throughout Newfoundland and Labrador that really want to see a decrease in smoking rates in the province. And of course, over the past number of years, we've also started to include vaping uh, because any use of nicotine, of course, is uh, can be problematic and cause an addiction. So we um, at the Alliance, we do things like advocate to government for new uh, policies, new legislation, and we also do social media. Media. We also do media campaigns. Uh, we work with schools, um, community groups for presentations, basically anything to do with tobacco, with nicotine and vaping. Uh, that's our job. So you get out around and you spread the word. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that uh, a little later on. What are some of the current smoking stats here in Newfoundland and Labrador? Because traditionally, we've always been on that high side. We are. And in fact, we are one of the highest smoking rates right now in Canada. Uh, The Canadian smoking rate right now is about 12 percent. But we have been hovering between 18 and 20 percent for the past number of years. So our smoking rates haven't declined. They haven't increased, thankfully, but they haven't really seen any significant decline since about 2004. So our smoking rate right now in our province is about 20 percent. Uh, for those 15 and above, um, when you look at the the younger children, um, age, say, 15 to 19, you're still looking at about 10% um, of kids that are using uh, cigarettes. And then, of course, when you get into the vaping rates, the vaping rates are a little bit more concerning with our young people. Um, in Newfoundland and Labrador right now, we've got about 47% of uh, our kids in grade 7 to 12 who have tried vaping and very close to 30% who are, who are vaping in the past 30 days or so. So it's a real issue. It's a real problem. And it's something that, um, you know, unfortunately, we're not seeing uh, any decreases in right now. So we're hoping to change that in the near future. So to what do you attribute the fact that the smoking rates have sort of leveled off and are remaining the same for so long? Oh gosh, it could be anything. <laughs> uh, really, uh, quite honestly, it, you know, it's been a it's been a rough few years for everyone, as we all know. 
um, the uh, you know the pandemic didn't really help anything. Uh, people didn't um, you know try to, to to quit smoking. But of course, in reality, the addiction to nicotine is so strong that people, even when they try you know once, twice three, four, five times to quit smoking, they find it so difficult that it's really, you know, it's really not possible for them. So we have people who are trying very hard to quit smoking, something close to, you know, three quarters of of smokers actually want to quit smoking, but it's really difficult because of the addiction and because of the nicotine that's, that's in those cigarettes. And of course, with vaping, it's the same, you know, vapes have nicotine in them. And so they are contributing to that addiction especially if you're smoking and vaping at the same time. But then we have a problem with kids that are not smoking at all, never picked up a cigarette, but they are um, vaping. And so uh, they're getting that nicotine addiction uh, fairly quickly. So, you know, there's a whole number of, of reasons why our smoking rates are going down, but the addiction is probably the number one. And it is a powerful addiction. Uh, Any one of our listeners can attest to that. If they don't smoke themselves or haven't smoked themselves, then they know somebody who has and is struggling with it. Um, And uh, is it better than for someone who has smoked, for for instance, for decades? Is it better for them to quit outright but keep going back at some point? Or is it better just to cut right back and and admit, all right, I'm going to have a cigarette. It's going to be Saturday. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or it's going to be after work on Friday or whatever the case may be. And and they have this more of a regimented type of, I I guess, approach to cutting back. Right. Cutting, I mean, the, the, the average smoker right now in Newfoundland is smoking about a half a pack to a pack a day. So that's that's about 15 cigarettes a day. Um, if you can regiment yourself enough so that you can cut that down slowly, slowly, gradually, and then go to one cigarette a week, that's obviously going to be better for you in the long run. Uh, you know, one cigarette is is not as dangerous as 100 cigarettes. But, you know, preferably and, and traditionally, it's really difficult to keep on that one a week. So, uh, you know, a lot of people find that it's just better to be cut outright, like no cigarettes at all, um, because you have one and then suddenly you, it becomes two and then suddenly it becomes three and then suddenly you're right back to smoking a half a pack again, um, right where you started. Um, that's how powerful that addiction actually is. It's really difficult to control um, that craving for nicotine. So it is better to have no cigarettes at all, but certainly if, if, if somebody is, is willing and strong enough to be able to have one a week or even two a week, that is certainly better than, you know, a half pack a day. And I think we all know that one person who just says, Ugh, I'm done, puts it down and never goes back. Absolutely. Oh, we all do, for sure. And we hear about it, uh, you know, quite a bit. If, if you talk to smokers, you'll always have that one person that just goes, I'm done. And that's it. I'm, I'm finished. And they are finished and they're done. And they, um, you know, that they are few and far between, but it definitely happens. They're very lucky. Uh, they're very fortunate that they can do that. But for the majority of people, it is extremely difficult to, to quit like that. So, um, you know, hats off to people that can just throw it down and, and keep it down. But most people really, uh, most smokers wouldn't be able to do that. 
We've been talking a lot, of course, about uh, how addictive smoking is, and I want to um, ask you more about that. What exactly makes smoking so addictive when we come back after the break? My guest today on On Target is Program Coordinator with ACT, Melissa Moore. This is World No Smoking, uh, No Tobacco Day, I'm sorry. We'll be back right after this. Join us for On Target, one hour in which Linda Swain examines topics that mean the most to you. On Target, weekday afternoons at 1 on your VOCM. And my guest today on On Target is Program Coordinator with ACT, Melissa Moore. This is World No Tobacco Day. And Melissa, what exactly makes smoking or tobacco in particular so addictive? Uh, well, to be, you know, the simple answer is nicotine. Uh, nicotine is the addictive ingredient um, in uh, all tobacco uh, products. Very rarely can you find uh, vape, vaping products without nicotine in them. And, you know, we've known since 1988, so well over 30 years ago now, that um, nicotine is the ad- addictive ingredient in tobacco. And um, back in 1988, the U.S. Surgeon General actually said that the addiction to nicotine was uh, fairly similar to the addiction to heroin and cocaine. So it really highlighted that critical role of addiction in uh, in the, the ongoing battle towards tobacco use and the, the, the battle that we're, we're still fighting. Uh, against tobacco use. So nicotine is, is absolutely the, the number one reason why people become addicted to, uh, to tobacco products and continue to use them. As, uh, um, addictive as cocaine or heroin, really? That, that's what they, that's, uh, yeah, that's what the world, the uh, U.S. Surgeon General had concluded many, many years ago. Um, you know, new drugs obviously are on the market, but it's, it's nicotine is well up there, uh, which is why you'll find people sometimes that we talk to that'll say, you know, I quit drinking, no problem. I, you know, I was using heroin, no problem. Uh, I could quit that. I could do that. I could, I could get past that addiction. But uh, man, you know, the, the cigarettes, I just can't give them up. And, and that's why that is, uh, you know, such common refrain that we hear from people that have been addicted to any other number of substances. And they can beat that addiction, but beating the, nic- the nicotine addiction is so much more difficult. I know, I know you're not a doctor or, or you know, <laughs> that sort of thing, but what kind of an impact does nicotine have on the body and brain to make it so addictive? Well, it is just one of those drugs that goes right directly to uh, your brain, increases the dopamine in your brain. You know, I, I don't know the, the chemical reactions as well as I probably should, but, uh, you know, it acts as any other, um, any other drug does. And, of course, your body just continues to want more and more and more, uh, which is why you have people that just, you know, really can't smoke one cigarette a day. Some people can. Uh, most people that are actively addicted to nicotine have to continue, uh, you know, feeding that addiction uh, with more and more cigarettes every day, which is why we have people that are smoking 15 and 20 a day, which is basically one cigarette, you know, for every waking hour, um, if not more. Uh, We have people that are smoking three and four packs a day, which, you know, not only is incredibly difficult uh, for your your body, but my goodness, so expensive (laughs) as well. So, you know, there are people that are struggling not just with the addiction, but as cigarettes become more and more expensive, it's a, it becomes a, a problem financially for them. So yet another reason to quit, obviously, uh, not just for your health, but for your, your finances as well. So nicotine, of course, causes the addiction, but it's not necessarily what makes you sick. What sort of carcinogens exactly. are in the typical cigarette? Yep. So nicotine itself is, is, you know, pure nicotine is actually a poison. It is poisonous to 
uh, children, um, small animals, uh, you know, it, it will make them very, very ill. Uh, nicotine in um, cigarettes, in vapes, and even in nicotine replacement therapies, which is, you know, the, the patch, the, the gum, the um, you know, that, that people use to help them quit smoking, uh, is in such small quantities that it's not... Um, you know, it's not a poison. But of course, it's all the extra additives. It's the things like, um, you know, the the uh, the tar, the carbon monoxide, the the uh, combustion of a cigarette itself, the, the setting the cigarette on, you know, setting the nicotine on the tobacco, sorry, on fire. That creates chemical uh, reactions, which also also create more and more chemicals. And you know, everything uh, that is created by that combustion process. That is, you know, creates, you know, 70 plus carcinogens that that will cause cancer and, you know, cause heart disease and, 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 um, you know, lung cancer. And basically every cancer that you can probably have in your body has been affected by, um, by the burning of tobacco so and, and smoking so uh you know the nicotine itself you know most definitely dangerous most definitely the addictive product but um it's everything else that uh, goes into the manufacturing of cigarettes that that make it um so dangerous to to your body and this is not just uh you know uh, um a passive type of um association with this sort of thing this is being sucked into your lungs yes and of course when it and and you know there are some additions that the tobacco industry has made to cigarettes ammonia for example they will add in the manufacturing process that makes the nicotine get to your brain even faster um they've done a lot of studies they they know what they're doing they've created this product that is you know the the most effective nicotine delivery system uh nicotine delivery device that they can make and um and yeah so there's uh you know other you know most most cigarettes all if not all cigarettes obviously have uh, have many more components in them than than uh you know than just the nicotine and what are, I mean, we know about lung cancer, but what are the, the known health effects of, of long-term smoking? Oh, gosh, uh, everything. <laughs> you know, uh, lung cancer, uh, basically, you know, every cancer of your body. Um, in fact, you know, recent studies have, have shown very significantly that if you have cancer and you continue to smoke, um, the uh, the treatment for your cancer will be less effective. So, you know, people who have already been diagnosed with cancers, you know, really should do their best to quit smoking. But it's also heart disease, stroke. Um, If you have diabetes, uh, you know, smoking really can uh, interfere with with your uh, insulin production. Honestly, um, it is everything. It is uh, one of the biggest uh, health problems that we have right now in the country. And it's deadly. It's, It's, you know, it's responsible for about 46,000 Canadian deaths a year um, and about, you know, a little over a thousand people in Newfoundland and Labrador just from cancers, heart disease, stroke alone. And there's a cost associated with that, of course, to uh, treat people who become sick because of smoking. And I'm not blaming the smoker. Don't get me wrong. I'm not not. blaming the patient. But uh, uh, why is this still legal? Well, because we have so many smokers, um, you know, it's prohibition has has never really worked. Uh, you know, we are just now, you know, seeing that, of course, with the the cannabis issue, with, you know, way back when when they, you know, got alcohol out of the United States, prohibition never works, 
And of course, again, it's, and you know, you, you said it just then, you know, not blaming the smoker. So, you know, putting um, smokers through that, just suddenly taking away the thing that is, you know, that they are addicted to, it's inhumane in a lot of ways. And so it, it's really better to try to help people as best we can to get help in trying to quit have our youth not start most people start smoking before they're 18 years old it's very rare that you're going to talk to somebody that started smoking when they were 23 or 24 or even 30 34 most people who are smoking and are heavily addicted to tobacco have been smoking since they've been 12 13 14 15 that's when people start smoking and they don't quit until they're well into their 40s and 50s sometimes when they kind of go well, this has been, you know, I really need to stop now. Um, so, yeah, it is uh, It is just one of those situations where we don't really want to to do that. We, we rely much more on education and communication and, um, you know, just trying to make sure that the young people uh, don't fall into that trap of, of getting addicted to tobacco early. And, of course, if you ban uh, tobacco outright, uh, there will always be somebody there to fill that gap. Oh, gosh. Without a doubt, without a doubt, it, it, you know, it, it, we, we see that right now as smoking rates are decreasing around the world. Uh, you know, as I said before, vaping, electronic cigarettes, you know, we used to, when they first came out, we called them e-cigarettes, but basically, you know, vapes, um, they, are, they are filling the gap and definitely uh, making, uh, making it a little bit more difficult to uh, stop people from becoming addicted to nicotine. And I want to talk to you about vaping when we come back after the break. My guest today on On Target is Program Coordinator with the Alliance for the Control of Tobacco, Melissa Moore. We'll be back right after this. Take a break. Join us weekdays from 1230 to 1 p.m. as we discuss anything and everything that's happening now. It's all on the table during your VOCM lunch break. And we're back. My guest today on On Target is Program Coordinator with ACT, Melissa Moore. This is World No Tobacco Day. And you're just starting to talk a little bit about about vaping and I wanted to know how does vaping differ from smoking? Well, vaping is a completely different uh, process, actually. It's not a combustible um, uh, product. So with smoking, you have a cigarette, uh, you, you light the cigarette on fire, and you inhale the smoke that, that's created. Uh, vaping devices are, uh, are much different. They actually have um, uh, liquid um, in them, or you can, you can buy liquid to replace them with, that has nicotine in it, but it also has different things like different flavors and it's propylene glycol and various other things. So it's not a combustible um, uh, thing. It is, uh, it is uh, heated and the liquid is heated and that liquid, uh, the heat creates a vapor and that vapor is inhaled into the lungs. So it's still an inhalation uh, product but it is not a combustible product. And um, vaping is uh, relatively new to the market in the grand scheme of things. Uh, Probably the past 10, maybe 11 years that it's become more and more popular, um, especially among uh, young people. So it's definitely, uh, you know, a different product, but you're still getting the nicotine into your lungs, into your brain and creating that addiction just in a different way. So vapor versus smoke, uh, do we have an understanding of the potential health impacts of vaping? 
Not as much as smoking, of course, because smoking has been around for, for many more years than, than vaping. Uh, but right now we do uh, look at vaping in sort of two categories. So people who are vaping who have been smoking for a long time and they're using vaping and, uh, or vapes to try to cut down their cigarette use, they're using it as a, um, a way to help them quit smoking or a way to help them cut down smoking. That's sort of one group. Um, but then we have a problem in that kids are starting to pick up vaping and they've never smoked. And so they are using vapes, they're getting addicted to nicotine through vaping, um, and then they will eventually move on to smoking. So we don't know very much right now about the health effects other than some definite, you know, if you're still inhaling something that shouldn't be in your lungs. So um, it is definitely less harmful than smoking. Um, There have been some cases of some serious lung damage uh, with vaping, especially people that are vaping um, unregulated products. Um, but really, it's the addiction to nicotine that's the problem. If if you're smoking, if you're using a vape that has no nicotine in it, it's not really much sense of using it. Uh, you know, the, the reason to use it, it's just another nicotine delivery device, uh, just in, you know, in a different way. How do uh, current vaping rates compare to smoking? Uh, well, vaping rates right now in Canada, uh, they're fairly high among young people. So uh, anybody under the age of 24, we've got about 15% uh, of, of people under the age of 24 who are uh, who've used vapes in the past 30 days. Um, 15% of teens uh, age 15 to 19 are using vapes. But the problem is, of course, is that that's in Canada. In in our stats for Newfoundland and Labrador, our youth are using them at alarming rates. Um, about 47% of, of grades 7 to 12-year-olds have tried vaping in the province. So, you know, we don't want that to be happening. We certainly don't want them to be using vapes if they've never smoked. Uh, we certainly don't want them to be using vapes and smoking at the same time. Um, so, you know, when it when it comes to uh, to vaping, it's really a young person's problem, uh, young person's issue, uh, about th- only about 3% of, uh, of uh, you know, people over the age of, of 30 use vapes. Um, that's in Canada and Newfoundland. It's probably around the same, if not a little bit more, because our, our rates are a little higher. Um, but certainly, uh, it, vaping is, is much more popular among young people than it is uh, smoking. And why is that? Why, why is it so popular among younger people? Oh, that's the question, isn't it? That's the question we all ask ourselves. Uh, you know, generally it is, uh, it's new, it's exciting, it's different. Uh, it is uh, a lot of young people, you know, f- firmly and solidly believe that it is not dangerous, that it is uh, just something cool to do, that, um, you know, it's not, they're not addicted to it. It's just, you know, fun to use and uh, um, you know that's of course is is the problem is that the education the awareness that what that's what needs to be increased that yes it you know yes it may be um, less harmful than smoking but you are still getting a lot of nicotine into your system and and I know um, you know Dr. Leslie Phillips has been uh, on the radio today and in a number of places talking about vaping and, you know, she has people that come to her uh, and say, look, I'm using these vapes. And, and she, when she works out the uh, amount of nicotine, it's close to two packs of cigarettes that they're unknowingly 
putting the nicotine into their system with. So, you know, it, it is a big question. It's something that we all try to figure out as, as advocates for tobacco control and vaping control. But, um, you know, really it is, like I said, it's a, it's a young person thing. And, and a lot of it has to do with, with just knowing um, what they're putting in their bodies. For a while there, you could get things like uh, bubble gum and, uh, you know, vanilla cupcake and all this kind of stuff. It really seemed to be uh, attractive to younger people. ACT was uh, instrumental in trying to get in the, the ban on flavors. Is it working? Well, the ban on flavors is actually not for e-cigarettes. Uh, it's not for vapes. The ban on flavors was for cigarettes themselves because you used to be able to get, you know, uh, these little cigarellos, bubblegum flavored cigarellos and watermelon splash and things like that. And you could also get menthol cigarettes, which, of course, are the feds have, have gotten rid of. But the uh, the flavors are still available in the uh, the um, what we call the vape juice. Um, the Canadian government is looking at right now um, trying to get rid of those. But so far, the process is is slow going. So that may come in the future. But right now, you can still get all of these fruit and uh, minty, happy flavors uh, for the um, for the e-cigarettes. Is nicotine always added to uh, to these e-cigarettes? Generally, yes. Uh, well over eighty-five percent of uh, of people uh, who vape are vaping um, those with uh, nicotine in them. Uh, you can get them nicotine-free. But generally, you know, for the vast majority, nicotine is, is, is in them, and it's why they continue to vape. So it's just, uh, I suppose, a, a, a way to keep the tobacco industry going. Yeah, absolutely. And the tobacco industry is actually buying up the e-cigarette market very quickly. So, you know, they, are, they quickly realized that if they were going to, uh, to be involved with this, then the nicotine would have to be, would have to be the key. And, uh, of course, it is. So uh, the tobacco industry knows what they're doing. They, uh, they certainly have, have plans for the, for the future to make sure that people get addicted to nicotine and stay addicted to nicotine. You mentioned earlier that the pandemic may have had an impact on uh, people either picking up or increasing their tobacco use. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, w- what kind of an impact did, did the pandemic have? Well, we haven't really looked at any research yet. Uh, I haven't personally. I mean, it may be out there. Uh, but we do know that, um, you know, people see vaping and smoking as stress relief, um, as something that they do, uh, you know, if they, get, um, if they get bored, if they're alone, if they're isolated. You know, that all of this isolation that we went through for the past few years, that really had an effect on people's, you know, not just our mental health, but, you know, our physical health as well. And uh, when it came to uh, smoking and, and vaping, uh, we did see some, you know, slight increases, especially in vaping um, among among young people, uh, just because, you know, it's, it's something to do. And unfortunately, you know, it's all it's all well and good to say it's something to do for the first two times. But then then you're addicted and then you have to have it. It no longer becomes a choice. It no longer becomes, a, you know, something that you just decide to do. You have to do it. You don't have a choice anymore. So, um, you know, that that's a problem. And of course, the pandemic also really showed us, some, you know, many people uh, that 
you know, how viruses are spread. And unfortunately, because uh, the vaping devices, the, uh, the, they are um, permanent fixtures. You just add the juice to it. You have one device that you keep adding juice to. And when it comes to kids, they share them. And, of course, we all know how viruses are spread, and we all know how these things happen. And, uh, you know, kids are still sharing their vapes, and, uh, you know, that is a, a definite problem for, uh, you know, for public health, not just with the pandemic, but for any uh, transmissible or communicable disease. So, uh, you know, the pandemic certainly didn't help in any way, put it that way. And we know, of course, that it's primarily spread through droplets that, you know, come out of us unbeknownst to us. But in the case of vaping, you're spreading those droplets everywhere. You're actually trying to create that big cloud of droplets. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. You're 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 trying to uh, to, you know, you're exhaling, uh, you know, sort of as strongly as you can. But also, again, when it comes to sharing. You know, you're you're not wiping it off before you share it. You're just passing it around. And um, like I said, especially among young people, they are you know relatively uh, you know inexpensive in the grand theme of uh, grand scheme of things, but they still are expensive. And so you don't uh, you know if you want to share with a friend or share with two friends or three friends, you pass it around um, and use it like that. And of course, you know the, it's not being um, sanitized in between each each person uh, more than likely and that's of course uh, again a, a great public health issue my guest today on on target is program coordinator with act melissa moore this is uh, world no tobacco day we'll be back right after this got plans for midnight bring your vocm along with the best soundtrack for every night anywhere the vocm all night show midnight on your vocm my guest today on this world no tobacco day is program coordinator with act melissa moore and you get an opportunity of course to uh, get out to schools and talk to people what sort of uh, things do you generally hear from young people regarding their attitudes towards smoking? It depends on the age that you go into. Uh, you know, grade four, fives, and sixes are generally saying, yuck, ooh, I'll never do it. They're giving, uh, you know, they're telling you all kinds of stories about their dad or their uncle or their mom or their sister who's a smoker and they never, you know, never plan on smoking ever. And then um, the junior highs are generally a little bit more curious, a little bit more interested in, um, you know, what's, what's in them and, and you know, who's, who's smoking and, and why. And by the time you get to high school, they're asking you how to quit smoking, how to quit vaping. So, uh, you know, it really does depend on, on the ages that you're, that you're talking to. But in general, you know, the, the curiosity is still there. They know a lot. Um, you know, the, the tobacco has been talked about in the curriculum and within the schools for many years now. The kids know sometimes more than I know if I go into them, especially about vaping. Um, you know, they, they talk amongst themselves. They, they know what they're, they're talking about. And, uh, but generally, in high schools, it's, it's adequate. Is that right? So it's that yep. junior high stage where you need to try and get them before they start. Definitely, yeah. By the time that, you know, there's something that sort of goes on, in, in, and we all, you know, know the onset of puberty and the onset of, of rebellion and, and all of these things, and, uh, you know, even being raised with smoke-free school grounds and, you know, hospital grounds, uh, you know, they still know. And by the time they hit grade seven is when they start getting really curious about trying. Uh, you know, in grade six, grade five, again, 
they're they're much more uh, innocent, for lack of a better word, and and uh, you know they, there's a lot of yucking and and ooh gross. But in uh, yeah, in grade seven, grade eight, that's when they're trying. I've seen some studies in the past, um, and I don't know if there's anything relevant here, but uh, are smokers more or less prone to other risky-type behaviours? Um, I wouldn't know the answer to that one. I don't think so. Um, it, it, You know, smoking is sometimes called a gateway drug. I'm, we don't see that so often, especially now that cannabis has become legal. Um, you will have some smokers uh, that are also, you know, using cannabis and things like that. But, you know, the, the nicotine itself is, is such an addictive drug that that's, I think, quite enough for many people. So we've been talking about uh, the effects of nicotine, the effects of uh, tobacco. Um, never quit quitting. I guess that's the big uh, thing. Never and when you're seeing some of these high school students, they're already asking you how to quit. So what sort of programs are out there for people who want to quit or what kind of um, uh, products can they use? Yep. So there's a, there's a whole bunch of things. Um, we have a really excellent uh, smokers helpline that is provincially based, uh, which is great. We're very lucky that way. Um, so people can call the smokers helpline. They actually do uh, vaping um, cessation as well. So if you're smoking or vaping, you can certainly call the smokers helpline. And that number, uh, if for any of your listeners, is 1-800-363-5864. Um, or online at smokershelp.net. So you can uh, give them a shout, and, and they are right based out of St. John, so that's great. Um, there are nicotine replacement therapies that, that you can use. You can talk to your doctor. You can talk to your pharmacist. Any healthcare provider can help you with that. Uh, the Munn School of Pharmacy actually has a, a really good program that they are running. Um, Dr. Leslie Phillips is doing that. So there's a number of issues, but really... Talking to your healthcare provider is probably the number one thing that you can do because they have all the resources and, and they know. And the Smokers Helpline, again. Um, the other thing, too, that a lot of people don't realize is that if you have a pack of cigarettes, there's always a 1-800 number on that pack of cigarettes. Uh, if you want to quit smoking, call this number. If you call that 1-800 number that's on the pack of cigarettes, that actually will, if you're in Newfoundland, that will actually uh, vet you over to our Smokers Helpline here. So you won't talk to anybody on the mainland. You'll actually talk to somebody uh, right in St. John. So sometimes that makes people a little bit more comfortable and, and willing to try. And don't get discouraged if it doesn't work for you exactly. or think that you're somehow weak or or don't have the discipline. Don't think that way because you should never quit quitting. Never quit quitting. Never quit quitting. And, and you know, many smokers takes way more than, than, you know, over 10 times, you know, just keep trying, uh, you know, keep it up. Just keep in mind that, you know, everybody is struggling. Everybody who's smoking is struggling with this. You're not alone. There's help out there. There's support out there. And you just don't quit quitting. And of course, I do hear it from time to time. People say, oh, you know, I cut down on the cigarettes and I've gained five pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's easily, you can deal with that quite easily. Um, smoking is, you know, not to get into too many specifics, but smoking is a very sort of oral thing. Uh, you know, the cigarette is in your mouth. The vape is in your mouth. Uh, so replacing that with, you know, something so simple as, you know, sugar-free candies, um, you know, chewing on a straw, chewing on a pencil, 
um, just something to kind of mimic that uh, that activity that is really helpful. Um, some people do, uh, you know, gain five pounds, but that's then lost uh, once the the uh, uh, the main sort of uh, smoking cessation period is over. So, you know, don't let that discourage you. Um, You know, certainly better to have five pounds extra than uh, a lifetime of, of cigarette smoke in your lungs. And your productivity goes up. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> sure, so, sure. You can breathe better. You know, your heart rate it goes down. You know, within 20 minutes of quitting smoking, your blood pressure goes down. So, you know, there are instantaneous relief. You just, uh, you know, keep on it, keep up. Um, you know, within a year of quitting smoking, your risk of heart disease goes down by half, if not more. So, you know, it's so, so good for you to do. Um, and like we said, like, you know, we both just said, like, don't quit quitting. It's so important. And, you know, it's the support is out there. You just need to ask for it. And encourage people when they're doing well and don't admonish them if they have a slip up. For sure. You know, and, and, you know, the addiction is something that a lot of people don't realize how heavy it is. It's a very strong addiction. And, you know, everyone needs to respect that and understand that and be compassionate about that because it is such a difficult thing to do. So anyone, even being smoke-free for a day, even being smoke-free for six hours is a fantastic achievement and, and should be celebrated. Absolutely. And I I know a few people who have gone down this road numerous times. And, uh, you know, they'll say to me, you know, it's been like uh, four weeks today since I last had my last cigarette. Don't make a big deal out of it. I don't want anybody to make a big deal out of it. But it is a big deal. It's so important that, you know, smokers realize that, you know, it is it is a hard thing to do, but it's worth every moment that that you do it. Every moment that you're smoke free is a good moment. It's an accomplishment. It's a hard thing to do, and you know when you when you do hard things, it takes time. Absolutely, when you do hard things and you're successful, do it. Even if you try hard things and you're not successful, celebrate that too, because every trying leads you one step closer. And for uh, anyone who's listening again, the Smokers Helpline one eight hundred. 363-5864 or online at uh, www.smokershelp.net. Excellent. And you just Google it and you should be able to find it. Absolutely. All kinds of little tips there. And, uh, um, you know, it's never too late to start quitting. Absolutely not. Well, Melissa, very interesting indeed. I really appreciate your time as always. You're so knowledgeable on these things, and I know you're doing this uh, kind of work face-to-face in many cases with a lot of people. So really appreciate you uh, taking the time to help us with this today on this World No Tobacco Day. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you very much. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We're going to be talking about some of these new uh, ATV regulations that have been put in place. My guest will be Rick Noseworthy, who's also very knowledgeable on that subject. So stay tuned for that. Appreciate your time this afternoon, everyone. Thanks for listening.